Hello, food enthusiasts, and welcome to this episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host. And as usual, we are interviewing thought leaders in the food space, all about innovation, technology, and the future things that are happening. We're really excited to have with us today Halka Federson. He is the VP of Operations with Pressy Taste. Welcome to the podcast, Halka. I'm excited to be here, Pam. Well, we're so excited to have you. And I think first up is to explain to us about your company, because I think most of our consumers that are listening and those in the food space might not have heard of your company name. Absolutely. Pressy Taste is an emerging tech company focused on the future of food in a slightly different way. We don't produce anything edible, but we change the way people consume food, especially in our target field, the QSR space, the quick restaurant space. Difference between fast food and uh, QSR, the QSR term focused on the, the quick service and not the food that is fast, the service we want all to be fast. Pressy Taste is utilizing Vision AI to enhance the customer experience as well as the crew experience in uh, the modern um, kitchen by automating processes of estimation, of prediction, um, and by running the entire restaurant based on data. Now, that's very abstract. What do we do? We take Vision AI cameras to sense inputs that were previously not there. We digitalize information. For example, how many customers are present in the dining room and are waiting to order? How many cars are in the drive-through? How much food do we have available? Like how many nuggets, how many burger patties, how many fries are available? And then we blend those pieces together. We know, take the information, how many customers are there to build a very accurate demand prediction model. And we take the information, how much food is available to build an exact snapshot of the supply side. And when we blend those together, we have the perfect production planning optimized by artificial intelligence. So the crew, instead of having to guess how much should I cook, should I make a full batch, should I make half a batch, can rely on our screens that are mounted in the kitchen, telling them how much they should cook to avoid food waste and to keep service fast. Wow. And that is that is it in a nutshell. I think that so you're on the the preparation side of the food and helping restaurants, like you said, your your primary clients do better with the resources that they have. So let's start at the beginning and kind of talk about how this happens. The first piece I'm hearing is that Restaurants have ingredients that they use in their, the things that they make in their recipes. So that in that ingredient prep space, how is the AI used there? I think that's the most interesting piece for our audience because artificial intelligence has so many different applications. And here you're applying it to very, very data-driven and uh, app, you know, the applications where you're applying it are just going to have immediate results and, and time savings and resource savings. So in that ingredient prep piece, like explain to us how that might happen if I'm in the kitchen and I have my ingredients laid out in front of me. Very good uh, question. We have three solutions that we offer to um, the uh, QSR space and the fast casual space. You were talking about the first one, the digital prep tool. There is some customers out there who don't prep at all. They just have food delivered and then they cook this. Um, the major fast food chains, the major burger chains are examples of this. But then there's others, more of the farm to table concepts, more of the fast casuals, like for example, our valued customer Chipotle, um, with whom we just shared this 
stage uh, last week at the Intel Innovation uh, Conference in San Jose, where they presented um, the product that we've developed together um, to the uh, global audience um, on the stage with the CEO of uh, Intel. The prepping in the morning uh, always starts with how much will I need and how much do I still have in my shelves? And this how much do I need question is a very tough to answer one because ideally you do the prep only once a day and you don't want to overshoot because that would severely impact the freshness of the ingredients that you're serving because you would have to hold them uh, until tomorrow. And you don't want to undershoot because that means in the rush hour scenario, suddenly you have to worry about cooking the food and serving the customer and doing the prepping needs that um, you've been missing. So you said it, it's a data-driven approach. We utilize a lot of additional factors that are very difficult for the humans to quantify and um, to uh, accurately predict. We're looking at previous sales data, of course. We're looking at trade events in the vicinity. Is there something happening? Is there restaurant closures next by, etc.? Everything that we can pull off publicly available data. Then we have weather, we have traffic. All of those external factors are blended into our prediction, what will happen today? And now it gets a bit technical, but um, for the computer scientists, the model that we're using is called reinforcement learning, meaning the system is rewarded for getting things right and is punished for doing things wrong. And okay, so it tries to beat itself. So is there a feedback then? Like once the prediction is done and maybe the day happens and they've taken into consideration it's raining outside or it's sunny outside, maybe there's an event down the street where there's going to be more people in the area or there's a lot of traffic, you know, people are going to be stopping by this cute, mm -hmm. quick serve restaurant. Uh, at the end of the day, is there a feedback loop? So then the computer knows, oh, I got it pretty close or I wasted a lot or... How does exactly. it Those are the, the, the two factors. We are fortunate to have the POS system as the ground truth. All oh, our predictions okay, okay. try to find out what will be in the POS at the end of the day. And okay. then we know whether we get it right or we get it wrong. Okay. I like that. I like that. So the system is learning, which we hear about with AI, but knowing actually how that happens, I think is very instructional. So we can visualize what's going on there. Um, I think the other piece of it that is really interesting to me is not all ingredients that they might need are the same. You know, you have those outside factors that are what's happening externally with the weather or the traffic or road closures and the other variables that you said you identify that that then the system can then utilize. But internally, especially at Chipotle, you know, we've got some hot ingredients, some ingredients that are maybe come out of a refrigerator and, and the AI differentiates between those as far as how much should be out at any given time, I believe, right? Absolutely. We want to create systems that are hands-off and are assisting the crews. You mentioned it before, crews are stressed. There is so much to do. The demand patterns have shifted throughout the pandemic. And in general, fast food is on or um, being able to consume or to, to get food faster is, is on the rise. So this entire channel is seeing demand spikes. And we want to be an assistant to the crew 
improves helping them achieve more um, because they need to, because the customers demand more of them. And Chipotle is a perfect example. I'm a big, big fan of um, their cuisine and their approach. They prep everything in the morning, every ingredients. They get raw tomatoes. They get raw avocados delivered and they make the salsas and the guacamole and the salads, everything they make on site in the restaurants, cutting it like one would do at home. And to be able to assist them, great fun and is very, very rewarding for them. We can prove that these restaurants have received sales impacts, positive sales impacts, are selling more. We can prove that they are, can do more with less, that the labor is optimized throughout the um, usage of artificial intelligence. Well, and Halka, you may not know that we interviewed a representative from Chipotle on our podcast. So oh. we also love them and are aware of how they prep their food. And I think it's genius that you two are in partnership because they do do that that preparation each day. And not only that, like the next thing is kind of how they cook things. I mean, they're cooking things based on the demand that's there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Exactly. Together with uh, Intel and Chipotle, we have built a solution that uses 3D depth cameras, like the one that I'm holding in my hand right now, that give us three different points that we aggregate together. First, the camera tells us where the pans are. That means where we're looking at inventory. We detect a dynamic region of interest. Then we look inside that region of interest and we classify the ingredients. We find out, are we looking at pinto beans? Are we looking at rice? Are we looking at steak? Are we looking at queso? And then using the 3D vision, we quantify. We find out exactly how much is present. And that is something that a human can do as well. Our systems can do it more precise, but we keep looking at that every single second. And we have these data points for every second of the day. And then we can optimize the what to cook when um, recommendations for the crew. So they never stock out and they always serve the freshest and best food available. Well, I think at your point of humans can do this as well, because that is how all of this has been done. But I will tell you, and, and you said at the beginning, the crews are stressed. Yeah. There's, there is a staffing issue. And, you know, those managers have other things they need to be doing besides helping their line cooks and the people that are prepping in the kitchen, figure out how much to prep and how to lay that out and all that. So if you can offload that piece of it with technology and, and the innovation that you've got with the AI to do the predictive piece of it, boy, that's going to be a lot more accurate because a manager, a human person is not going to take all of the different variables into account. Not only that, you have different managers on shifts at different times. So, exactly. you know, maybe yesterday it was one way and today that new manager on today might not be aware of what happened yesterday. And, you know, you can't learn there's no AI learning between human people, I guess is what I want to say. So exactly. the effectiveness. The, the training aspect is very complicated. Yes, yes. And um, especially in situations where, and in environments where there's high staff turnover, a lot of time is spent on training um, crew members. And like you said, the more we can offload into a system, the earlier an employee is successful, a new crew member is successful and feels valued because they're doing um, a good job. And um, there are, our systems can really 
assist the crews in the way, way that we meant it. This industry is in a labor crisis. There is high staff turnover. Most restaurants that I know are understaffed right now. And the crews just have this huge pile of tasks to do with less people than they want to have and they should have. And our system, it's doing uh, the part of optimizing the labor, of recommending to make bigger batches when we know that we can sell it by having the better demand modeling so that um, we can reduce food waste and reduce the amount of cooking cycles. Yeah, I can't wait until you um, you know, have economies of scale here with all the data you're able to collect as you move forward doing this and in different restaurant models as well, because I think that the data will bear out the value that this whole process is bringing. And not only that, but the accuracy that it's bringing, because, you know, people get tired, maybe they're distracted with other things that are going on in the kitchen, and they aren't as accurate as they could be when putting orders together and things like that. And that's another piece of what your solution provides. Can you share a little bit about that piece? Yeah, that we've talked about our first part of the prep, then the what to cook when during the day, prep usually in the morning, what to cook when. But order accuracy verification is an important element as well. As demands patterns have shifted and more and more food is being delivered to customers at home, cost to fixing order accuracy errors has grown significantly. If I'm in the restaurant and I say, hey, sorry, you forgot my fries. Oh, there's your fries. Perfect. Happy customer, happy crew, everything good. No cost to it. But if I'm sitting at home and um, two of my three kids have fries and uh, my, my daughter doesn't have any, then all of a sudden the Uber driver brought the food or I picked it up myself, then suddenly the cost of fixing that error is higher. But on I'm the other sorry, hand, can I just pause you right there? I We've all had any, that, right? Any of our viewers or listeners, that is real world. That is a real world problem when maybe you have three children and two out of three have their fries because... That is that all of us can relate. We've gotten the wrong order and somebody is disappointed and it's worse when it's the children, let's face it, unless it's some of the big kids in your house, which it could also be as well. But that's that that really is an issue. OK, please continue on. I just had to pause because I think so much of our audience is going to be able to relate to that challenge. I so. It has happened to every one of us. And yes. But but the other side of the problem is 95 to 98% of the orders are indeed correct. Meaning if we introduce a process step to verify the correctness of an order, that process step would be wasted 95% of the time. If we um, think about um, a popular movie in the um, QSR space, in the, in the fast food space, the founder about the origin story of McDonald's, they are all about eliminating useless tasks. The entire basis the system is built on is optimization, trying to get rid of useless tasks that so we cannot introduce a new task and for the sake of order accuracy verification. And there Vision AI comes in again. We can passively observe what is going into the back in the entire kitchen. It's not specific to a location um, where the burgers are made, where the fries are made. Everything is added to the back. And then our digital index finger tracks the back as it walks through the kitchen and more food is being added to it. And we keep a tally, a very 
accurate tally, I can say. And then at the end, just when it's being handed off to the customer, then we display a big green order with green highlighted, all the align items. We've seen everything going into this bag. This order is correct. And we only flag those orders where the system has not seen a certain ingredient going into the bag. Oh. So we have not created additional waste, but we have the verification and the hint to the crew to verify those orders that see a discrepancy. And that is only possible with Vision AI. Yeah. And the and the key there is that there's no additional human intervention needed for the 95 to 90% or 98% of the orders that are correct. Only when it's flagged as something is wrong and you can say what didn't make it in the bag or if the wrong thing got put in the bag, exactly. then the human intervention happens and we have to get involved. But otherwise, smooth sailing. So for the majority of what happens with the accuracy of the orders, like you said, it's correct and we don't need to get involved in that. I I, as an employee, would love that because then it kind of, you're taking this position or this job in this restaurant and elevating it. You're taking out those repetitive things that would normally need to be done, you know, checking the things in the bag. People get tired of doing that. So if the AI machinery and the visual can watch that, what do you call it? A visual finger <laughs> Our digital index finger. The, digital the, index the, finger. The tracking. We don't look at a person. We don't know that is Pam carrying the bag and she right. carries order one, two, three. We only look at the bag itself and know that is order one, two, three, because okay. we want to, um, we don't want to build a monitoring system. We want to build an assistant right. that actually helps the crew to get it right. Yes. And and I think that is great. But but I, as the person who's helping on that line, you know, that takes me out of that kind of redundant and repetitive job description. You know, I can elevate what I can do other things. And as a manager, I don't even need to get involved in that. You know, my employees can all handle correcting the order and I can be doing other things that are more meaningful for the manager to be doing in the running of the restaurant, in the overall scheme of things. I just think that's a real win for the whole process. Absolutely. And advance all of our customers. And we're working for four of the six largest QSR chains on the planet. Okay. All of those have been spending decades on optimizing their processes. They are at an astonishingly high point at the curve, which is flattening towards being at absolute process perfection, getting them to a new level lifting them up after everything that they've invested, all the great people's work into optimizing the system is drives me and what motivates me about what Taste is uh, doing and uh, how we're fulfilling our mission uh, every day. It's very exciting to help people that have been perfecting their processes for such a long time. Yes. The key there, Hauke, is you're not dealing with places that have a disheveled process, they have finely tuned the volumes that those those top competitors uh, move through their restaurants is astonishing. And the efficiency yeah. is really high. So like you're saying, to be able to take that to the next level is really saying something. And I think you could only do that through technology and innovation like you've done. So 
very exciting that you were able to bring that along. Uh, so we've we've kind of followed the life cycle of what Presitase brings to the table. And I, I thank you so much for explaining all the pieces to us in detail. I don't know what else there is that we haven't covered, but I would love to give you the opportunity to, if there's something we haven't covered or if there's any kind of message that you would like to leave with our future Foodcast audience, we would love to hear it. <laughs> I think that there is currently two trends in the market, how to optimize labor in these um, environments, in the professional kitchens, in the chain restaurants. There is the robotic camp that says, let's get rid of the meat bags, um, let the robots do it, and we don't need the humans at all anymore. And we see us of, as champions of the more manual, more artisanal approach to cooking, to having people they are serving the customers and um, we're honored to make those crews that are doing an exceptional job better through technology it is our company mission to go from serving only the largest chains with thousands to ten thousands of restaurants throughout the world to making this technology more accessible to food entrepreneurs at every stage we want to scale the same efficiencies and improvements down so that we can have smaller restaurant chains and um, down to possibly single store restaurants profiting from artificial intelligence food management as you said no two apples are the same no two, no two flowers are the same food requires a system like artificial intelligence to distinguish the discrepancies but also sees things as what they are and i believe that food services and ai management are a natural fit and that we'll see a lot more of this in the future helping crews serve better food to happier customers well and i'm so thankful that you came on the Future Foodcast. You are obviously on the front end of that and really making an impact. And we're so glad that you took the time to be with us and explain the whole process to us. We're looking forward to what the future brings. Thanks, Halka. Thank you, Pam. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 